Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. Last week, just as maybe two minutes of summary, we dealt with enemies within. The enemies within, the most dangerous enemy is the one that is within, under camouflage, pretending you will never know. In fact, you know one thing? When they stand up there and preach and preach and preach, at the end, they say, in the name of what? Even in the name of Jesus. But what did they preach? And you see the captive audience sitting down in the, you know, the congregation. Everybody says, amen, and clap. What are you clapping for? You should be mourning. We should all be mourning to learn the truth. So we dealt with the enemy within. And just very quickly, who are those enemies within? All those we identify that preach feel-good doctrine, right? Prosperity. What they preach is healing. I'm not talking about somebody maybe God has given this the power to what? To heal or any situation. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But those who center their messages only on feel-good, be as you want to be, is okay. God understands. Those are all liars, we said. Number one, we identify some of them. Because if you look at Jeremiah 12.10, do we have it? Jeremiah 12.10. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. If you look at Isaiah 5, 1 to 4, he said, you know one thing? I have a vineyard. I planted the best of grape and everything that can always be there. But then when it comes to harvest, lo and behold, I come to my what? My vineyard. And what did it produce? Wild grapes. That's of no use. But who is producing all these things? Because if the head is rotten, right? Then what do you expect of the tail? If the head is rotten, the whole, every thought and judgment of God is mostly going to be obtaining the head of those who are preaching things that are not of Christ. Because he said it even what? Matthew 5, 19, please. Matthew 5, 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, mm-hmm. he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever breaks, one who breaks and teaches others to break, that individual is an enemy within. And that's why we're talking about what? A burning tree. A tree that does not produce any fruit. All you can do is to cut that tree down. And when you cut it down, you can burn it, and that's the end of that tree. But a rotting tree, a bad tree that produces so many fruits, and there are so many of them. You go to some of these congregations, my goodness, you have thousands and thousands. Somebody came to me one time. I was supposed to meet with him, and uh, the meeting didn't hold anymore because when we met for two minutes, then he found out that actually he would not be able to meet with me and sit down there. Because he was not teaching the truth. He told me that, oh, I started my ministry three months ago, and I have 47,000 people right now. You have 47,000 people in three months? And it took Jesus Christ three years to have how many? 
something is wrong. Then he gave me this catalog of testimonies of how, oh my goodness, everything in the thing you could imagine in this life, he did it. And he was boasting. I did all this. I did all this. I said, no wonder everybody came to you. Because if you use whatever power you want to get people to turn to you, now, feel good doctrine. Those people in the, minute, in, the, in the churches that reject Jesus Christ. Who are those people we said last week? Those are those people that are teaching those things. Any message, any word that's contrary to Christ is a rejection of Christ. That's what John called Antichrist. An Antichrist is one who is against. And Christ made it clear, if you are not with me, you are against me. So when somebody comes and preaches, what? Vengeance. Do me, I do you. God no good verse. When somebody preaches what? An eye for an eye. That individual has rejected Christ. Because Christ is preaching something different from that area. Then we talked about those who abuse the word of God. Who are those who abuse the word of God? Those who selectively what? Cite the scripture. They choose the good part. They call it the good part. But they don't forget about one thing. That the actual the good part is what? The bitter part. It's bitter pill that's going to save you. But they choose the one, oh, tomorrow you'll be blessed. In the morning you are blessed. Afternoon you are blessed. At night you are blessed. Blessed, 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 blessed. But then they don't tell people, how are they going to be blessed? That means that it will not work. It is actually a recipe that is bound to fail. But the Lord told us one thing. Those who preach feel-good doctrine, those people may never turn back to the truth. And that's the kind of part of it. Why? Because they eliminate what? The if factor. I-F. Remember, everybody remember that? Right? They eliminate the if factor. If you remove the if factor in the word of God, you have removed God. Every word of God that if you do this, I will do this. If you don't do this, I will not do this. That's God for you. But they don't want to talk about that anymore. And once you remove the if factor, you have removed what? Anybody remembers? Repentance. If you remove the if factor, you have removed the repentance. In other words, you're telling people, oh, don't worry about it, you don't have to repent. Everything's okay. That's a few good doctrine. That's a one self, always self, they preach. But you see, when you remove the if factor, then you have removed repentance. And what is repentance, we said? Repentance is actually to repent, never to repent for the same sin again. If you repent and you continue doing the same thing, Oh, Father, I'm very sorry. Tomorrow you do the same thing. You have not repented. Because God is not a man. He knows when you are not serious. Once you remove repentance, what, else? what did you remove? Obedience. And that is actually, you know the, the violence that the kingdom of God suffers? That violence is on obedience. Everything, the character of God is Obedience. If you remove obedience, there's nothing else there for God. So, from if now you remove repentance. Repentance removes obedience. Obedience finally will remove righteousness and holiness. Because if you look at Romans 6.16, it said, well, obedience that leads to righteousness and holiness. And people will always challenge you and challenge everyone and say, don't talk about righteousness and holiness. Nobody can. But the simple thing, and I'm going to come to because the question that was asked, there, somebody asked me to just go ahead and put it in uh, simple English. I don't know if I can do that, but <laughs> no, there's a question they ask. It's a pretty simple English. Let's finish the summary first. So, 
don't you know that when you present your body selves to obey, you are that person's slaves, and you obey. Whether of sin leading to death, if I continue in sin after I've known God, I have continued in sin. That means I've never known him or seen him at all. Read me First John, please, 3. 1 John 3, 6 to 8. 6 to 8. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever sins intentionally, or knowingly, or willingly, has never known or seen him. That's exactly what he's saying there. So once you remove righteousness, you have removed God. And that's just a little summary of last week. But this day, we're going to deal with something. But the question that is asked, we're going to answer in conjunction with today's lesson. The question is this. What do you mean in plain English when you say being, <laughs> being ready? What is being ready in plain English? Whoa. Jesus Christ said, you must be ready. And the question of this, my brother or whoever, just probably put in that, what is being ready? But that's not the topic today. It's going to come in conjunction with the topic. The topic today is being ready always. It's one thing that one is ready. It's another that you are ready always. So let's look at what it means to be ready. For one to answer that, then one must actually have spiritual understanding. What is readiness? A spiritual understanding. Let's, let's, if you can see in small, in simple English, what is readiness? Readiness to me is a state of now, doing that which we are, what, supposed to do. Did everybody get that? Yeah. Readiness is a state of now, N-O-W, doing that which you are required to do all the time. So that's why we said, well, in understanding, we said understanding is what? The practicalization of wisdom and knowledge all put together. The practicalization of knowledge and wisdom all put together. That's why Proverbs 4, let's, let's read Proverbs 4, 5 to 7. Proverbs 4, 5 to 7. Yes. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Mm -hmm. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. But what is understanding in actually simple English? <laughs> I know, you're trying. What is good? What is understanding? You are going there. You are all right. Don't understand. Read me Proverbs, please. 9.10. Proverbs 9.10. Sister, if you are right. I mean, that's understanding that everybody needs to get. Yes? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So what is understanding? Knowledge. God bless you. Knowledge. But what is knowledge? Read me John 17.3, please. John 17.3. Yes. 
And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That they may know you. So in even a simpler, simpler English, what is knowledge? Uh, we have already. What is known as a simpler English? Knowledge or understanding is living life that is pleasing to God. So let me put it as simple life that is pleasing to Him is what is understanding. Because He told us, read me John, please, 855. John 8.55. Yes. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. So what is knowledge of God? Keep his word. Let's, let's, that, that, that's all. There is nothing else. You shall know the truth, and the truth indeed shall set you free. That means you shall live the truth. You shall be the truth. You shall be in obedience unto the word of God. If you do that, there is no, what do you call it, a mermaid spirit and all those kind of spirits or whatever it is can touch you. If you do that, that is doing the work of God. When you do that, then God is with you. And when God is with you, who then can be against you? The knowledge of God. That's why, we, let's go, first John, please, three. No, yeah, two, three to six. First John three, two. Three to six. Yes, ma'am. Now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Mm -hmm. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Amen. Who says advising him? Knowledge. So that's un let's get understanding then. If we're talking about readiness, what does that connect when it comes to understanding? Three things. Number one, that man should have understanding that man is nothing but what? Why would somebody be ready? Read me, exactly. Read me James 4, please, 13 to 14. We want to make sure that somebody who asked the question will get... Completely, I mean, the James 4, 13 to 14. Yes. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And vanishes away. That's a false understanding that will really propel somebody to walk, to be ready. That's the first one. The second one is what? Can anybody guess? <laughs> Pastor, God bless you. That it can take place what? Anytime. Wow. Anytime. Because the essence of time is in the hands of God. And only God. Read me Matthew 24, please. 36 and 42. Matthew 24, 46, 36 and 42. Yes, ma'am. 
But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. 42. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. You watch because you do not know what hour. The, the last second, you will have the last breath. Watch. The hour when the master is coming, when is that hour? Huh? When is the master coming? Look, let's, let's get some understanding. We know we don't know when it's coming. But when actually, in simple English, is the master coming? When you die. Brothers and sisters, please, let's get it away. You see, we, we know God has that. But the understanding he wants us to have is one thing. That any second when we pass away, that's when the master has come. Like a thief, what? And like a lender. The lender comes knocking. And sometimes you don't know what to do. Some of us will run away, some will hide, and will not answer any telephone. But that has nothing to do with God. As far as God is concerned, when he comes, he comes. Ready or not, here I come. And at that point, at that moment, are you ready? There are so many things we don't want to cite some tragedies all over us, the world. Today we are, tomorrow we are no more. That's the understanding that one should have. Number one, that we are vapor. Number two, the time. We don't have control of it. Someone else has that control and he knows it and he doesn't tell anybody. Then the understanding to have is that, okay, when we have these two, then actually, what should we be doing to be ready? What does the master who has control over time requires of us? Read me Deuteronomy 5.29, please. Deuteronomy 5.29. Yes. Oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Now, that's where we're going to really make some transition. That they will always what? That's, that's the biggest problem. Most of us think we are ready. But we are not ready always. Tomorrow, there's a challenge. And the readiness vaporizes. No, please, let's get there. Tomorrow we have challenges. Something comes, and we're no longer ready. And we say, well, maybe, you know, whatever it is, Lord, forgive me. Tomorrow I will, I will, I will, I will catch it again. And the Lord said, how do you know that you, you will even see tomorrow? So doing that, so in other words, what is actually the duty? Read me Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13, please. Deuteronomy 10, 12 to 13. Yes. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God mm -hmm. with all your heart and with all your soul? And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. For your good. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Yes. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Now let's put it in a simple, all this 
God requires of us. Can anybody put it in a simple English? It's in the scripture. Can anybody put it in simple, simple English? Matthew, Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In other words, Christ is saying that if you have understanding and you are smart, knowing fully well that, number one, you are a vapor, knowing again you don't, even the time is not yours, he said, well, always seek the kingdom first. Get that which nobody can take away from you first, because the next moment you don't know. Is going to come. Are we all together now? Yes. But getting the kingdom and then on the road, like Odara, you know, some of our people don't know what is Odara, even those listening on this thing from India. There's, there's a tree, a fruit, wonderful fruit, tasty. You have to go very, very early to seek for Odara fruit. Just like God said. If you seek me, in Jeremiah what? 29.13. What are you saying? Jeremiah 29.13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you search for me with all your heart. With all your heart may not be enough, but you also have to do something. Read me Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, mm -hmm. pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. 3.17. Proverbs 8.17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me uh, diligently will find me. Well, because you have a, another tran translation that said, who, those who seek me early, early, those are the ones who are going to find me. But what is the point, my sisters and brothers, seeking God early and finding God, and then in the middle you lose it? That's where the topic of being ready always, always, all the time, wherever you are, you are in your business, in the job, whatever you are doing, being ready all the time. Are you, are you following me? But how do you get ready all the time? We're coming right now. To be ready all the time, you have to keep your heart. Give me Proverbs 4.23, please. Proverbs 4.23. Mm -hmm. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Always keep your heart. Guard your heart with all due diligence. Every second, whatever you do. The question comes to be, this I'm doing now. Am I compromising in any way, no matter how small? No matter how small it may be, am I doing something that is not pleasing to God? If anything happens as this is going on, what will happen to me right now? That's why the scriptures tell us to make sure that we're always in fear. Now, the fear is not panicking. You see Proverbs 8.13, it said, well, fear God. And he said, the fear of God is to depart from evil. But other scriptures also tell us that we should also be careful and tremble and fear God. Give me Philippians, please, 2.12. Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, mm -hmm. my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling all the time. But how do you do that actually? You have not only to be diligent, but you must also be what? <laughs> Let me first, first Peter 5.8, please. First Peter 5, 8. Mm -hmm. Be sober. Be sober and vigilant. Be you vigilant. Know, whenever actually you don't know the next moment, what you do is to always be what? Sober, diligent, watching every second because you don't know when the master is coming. Peter said, go on, please, can you finish that? Yes. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, let me ask you this. The devil actually spiritually, I'm going to come back to that. Does the devil walk around seeking whom to devour? Hmm? Yes? 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 Spiritually, you've got to get some understanding. And that's why probably most of us, everything that happens is the devil. <laughs> you know what the devil does? What the scripture said is true, but this is the thing that the devil does. <laughs> let, me, let me look for 13, please. Look for 13. After the temptation of Christ, what happened? Yes? And when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. For what? A season of what? Yeah, I know a season of time. But what is the season? An opportunity. And who gives the devil the opportunity? So you see, let's get this. I understand the devil roams around seeking for him to devour. But he seeks the one who gives him opportunity. Nobody goes to his enemy. When I invite you, I go to my seat and have mommy sees me. If mommy sees me and I knock on the door, mommy will open the door. Because she knows me. But I didn't name me. She will, she will not. Are you, are you following what I'm talking about? So we give it. That's exactly what James was talking about. Let me James 1, please, 13 to 15. James 1, 13 to 15. Yes. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So the devil keeps surveillance. Yeah, that's all of us. That's what the devil does. Believe me, if you are walking in perfect agreement with God, the devil cannot touch you. But he's watching. After all, in Job, that's what happened. You know, God was saying, have you seen my servant Job? In Job 1, there is none like him. The devil said, yes, I know I cannot touch this man. Because you have put your hedge all around him. Remove that. So when we remove the hedge, when the fence, we break the fence, then the serpent will bite. Because when your fence is broken, you have actually invited wild animals. They will come in. Are we, are we all here now? They will come in. So that's why I'm just saying spiritually. Yes, the scripture is right. I'm not saying that. But most of us, we read the scripture and just take it literally. That's the translation. But in reality, you see where he's saying, the devil went away for a season. 
Let me see when this man will give me another room to come in. And then when that room comes, we should not blame the devil. We should blame ourselves. That's why, let me, hey guy, one, please. Six to seven. Hey guy, one, six to seven. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Now, in preparing to be ready always, one has to count. Whenever you want to do anything, count the loss and the cost. You want to be ready about that, you do that. Count the loss, count the cost of what you are going to and say, use me, Lord, he will use and do it. Read me, please, Luke 9, 23 to 25. We're talking about being ready always, not for a season, not for a moment, but always. Luke 9, 23 to 25. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily. God bless you. Go on. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Pick and take up your cross always and daily and follow him. Not once. Not yesterday. Otherwise, if you don't follow him today, all the things you work for, all the days of your life, you in vanity. Because if anything happens, you'll be judged according to the state of your heart at that point. That's why it's a blessed are the pure in heart. Those are the ones who shall be saved. So we count costs. Let's look, look 14, please. 27 to 30. Luke 14, 27 to 30. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sits not down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Began to, that's, that is sad. Begin to build something and was not able to finish it. I don't know, even if at all, I'm sure you have that, you've seen that yourself, where people started something and they were not able to finish it. You know, back home, they call them elephant, whatever, white elephant uh, projects. That one, they didn't abandon it. They took the money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when actually you did not plan well and you started. And then we know that it happened to the five foolish virgins. They did not plan well. They were not ready. Always. And when the master came, they tried to take from those who actually had and prepared and were ready to enter before the master. And it couldn't work. And eventually, when they came knocking on the door, it didn't work at all. And that's why Jesus Christ is saying, how do you get ready? He said, well, that servant 
who knows his master's will and does not follow and be ready, always doing it, will be the servant that will pay for it. Give me Matthew 24, please. 37 to 51. You have a lot to read there. But we'll pause because there are three lessons we learn from there. Matthew 24, 37 to 51. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Yes. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore... Now let's stop right there. We're going to, we're going to continue. We'll continue from there. If the good man, what? Of the, house. of the house. If he had known. How about the good man of the, the house that doesn't know? Like you? Mm -hmm. Are you following me? That's the one that we're watching always and all the time. The good man had the thief were coming. If he had, he would have watched and watched. But if you don't know when it's going to come, and you are told that every second it may be that time, you'll be watching always and all the time. Consistently. Keep going, please. Therefore, be you also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Mm -hmm. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? That's a key, yes. Whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites that shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this actually is his servant, right? Yes. That is not performed. Is it not consistent with the same thing on John 15, 1 to 2? I am the vine, and you are the branch. If you don't produce, I cut them out. So I don't know why Christ had given us the message, but a few good preachers still preaching, once you are saved, you are always saved. When he's telling you, the servant that does not continue in the work of his master, when the master comes, he'll be cut off and put us under. I didn't write that, but they don't want to talk about that. They said, oh, no, 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 no. You know one thing? Just go ahead and continue in your ways. Go and sin and do whatever you want to do. When somebody, God has touched an individual, there is that transformation. That's why he said, well, the person is now totally a new creature. The old is passed away. If I'm still operating in the old, I am not new. I cannot be old and new at the same time. 
So all that kind of preaching is just deceiving people unnecessarily. The truth must come because Christ is the truth. Nobody can change it. And now this is a question that I asked last, 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 last week. I said, did Christ give us any, any new commandment? And most people said, okay, that's because we answered it. Last week, people said, yes, he gave us a new commandment. I said, Christ did not come to give a new commandment. Christ and the Father were one together from the beginning. Christ is the word. He cannot change what the Father, because they were all together. And John was telling us the same thing. Can you please read me 1 John 2, 7. 1 John 2, 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, mm -hmm. but an old commandment, which you had from the beginning. Yes. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Then go on. <laughs> Again, a new commandment I write unto you, mm -hmm. which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. So the new commandment Christ was just saying, but spiritually was saying, to clarify what love, the depth of love, what it means to love. It's a new commandment I give you, that you love as I love. In other words, the same thing the father said, and okay, the same thing he and the father they said. From the beginning, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then if you see Christ in Matthew 5, 48, said, be your perfect in love as your father is. Because if you are, then you will love as God loves you. In other words, if you don't love as God loves you, you are ungrateful and a wicked person. Now, let's get this in now, please. That's why he told us one thing. He said, well, you know one thing? You forgive as I also, God, I forgive. But if you don't forgive, I will not forgive. Because if you want to come to me and be with me, you must be one with me. You must be as I am. That's what Christ is talking about, being perfect as a heavenly father is. And that's why if you look at that first John 2, 6, he said, well, those who want to follow him, they should also walk as they walk and be like him and one word like him. Are we, are we all there now? So being ready all the time and making sure that always you are ready. How could you achieve this? Because of time, we're looking at it. There are three things I want us to look into right now. Number one. There is actually no selective obedience that can get anyone into the kingdom of God. No matter how you labor. I know last week, uh, Senator was wonderful in giving us, uh, I've forgotten about that legal jargon a long time ago that we use in contract. He calls substantial compliance. You can use that in the world. But again, even in the state of Texas or any other state, Substantial compliance, maybe with contract, but with law, with the law of the, the, the state, it will not get you anywhere. That I didn't commit adultery or murder doesn't mean that if I steal, I will not go to prison. Are you, are you following me? That's why James was saying, James, uh, our, our senator is James, James 2.10, that if you obey everything and you offend one, you have offended all. <laughs> you, have, you have offended all. So what am I saying? That's what we said from the beginning, that partial transformation is zero transformation. You must be born again. It's a total thing. It's not half-half. Are you following me? And partially citing the scripture is lying. I want to make sure that everybody... 
Pastor is citing the scripture, is lying because one is not saying the truth and the complete thing. So whatever happens for you to stay on top of this thing daily and always, make sure, number one, that whatever you do is actually in strict compliance, in conformity with the word of God. Everything. Even when questions are asked, people ask you any kind of question, respond. Answer every question with the word of God. Because why? You are no longer yourself. You are Christ. And you are responding according to that. That's number one. Number two, no more compromise. Let me, I don't know how to hammer this. Most of us compromise a lot. Whatever you do from this very day, if you want to be ready always, let not a human being cause you to commit sin against God. Let not even yourself. When we are confronted with certain challenges, then all of a sudden we are bending. We are bending our stand with God. The relationship we are willing to sacrifice that area. If you are on the job, no matter whatever that is happening, confronting you, stay and present the ultimate truth. And then you will not have to worry about it. You know one thing, have you considered that, that every time you do something, and I used to do it before, and I'm sure that most of us, whenever you do something and start looking over your shoulder, you know that is not right. There is no way a child of God can do something that the Spirit of God does not minister unto you and say, this you're about to do is wrong. At that point, you should leave it. Why am I saying this? Most of us, because of our children, because of family, because of relations, because of friends, we compromise a little bit. You may, may call it a little bit, and we bend. I would rather die than to do that, because there's no point compromising. Because you cannot please people. And Christ never. What he did was to stay on doing the will of God always. And Paul himself said, you don't want to, if I would preach even any gospel, or say any word that is to please men. Then obviously I'm not a servant of Jesus Christ. Give me Galatians 1, please. 8 to 10. Galatians 1, 8 to 10. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Go on. For do I now persuade men, O God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. In other words, let me tell you right now, from now, from now, my brothers and sisters, avoid any scheme that actually you may think God has not seen. But God sees everything. That's what I'm trying to tell you right now. Sometimes we get into certain things because we want to escape people condemning us or hating us. But this I tell you. Whatever you do, always do that what God has called you to do. This is the truth and say it. And not only that, avoid every appearance of evil. Let not anyone talk evil about you. But you know one thing? They're going to. Read me, please. Romans 14, 16. Romans 14, 16. Yes. He. 
Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Mm-hmm. Let, not, that's the, let not your good be evil spoken of. How do you make sure you achieve that? We'll, come, we'll, we'll finish on time. How do we achieve that? Give me First Peter, please. 2.12. 1 Peter 2.12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, mm-hmm. that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. The worst situation is when people are speaking evil against you and you are guilty. Because whatever you do will blaspheme the name of the Lord. But do the right thing and don't even bother about what anybody is saying. Because no matter whatever you do, they're going to really hate you. If people don't hate you, if you're still very popular, listen to me. If you're still very popular in the community and going about and everybody got to call you, man, think very well. You have not even seen or known God. If you do, people who are not of him will be turned away. Give me John 16. Two to three, please. John 16, two to three. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whoever kills you will think that he does God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father. Because they have nor not me. known the Father nor me. So because of time, how do you achieve greatness always? There's something that comes to life right now that God taught us a long time ago. Can anybody help me? How do we achieve readiness? We know you're going to say obedience. We go back again. To the greatest spiritual victory. Yes. Everything from now, whatever it is, wherever you are, do it unto God and not unto man anymore. Do not consider what they're going to do so that men will be happy and then God will be displeased. It won't help you. Colossians 3.17, please. Colossians 3.17. Please. Yes. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. But what do we do in words and deeds? Give me 23. Colossians 3, 23. To 25. Let's go ahead. 25, yes. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Let's stop right there. Knowing that in the Lord you shall receive the reward of what? Everlasting inheritance. When you have two situations, number one, do I please God or please man? Then consider actually who is your God. Are you following me? And consider what actually is your priority and what's important in your life. Everlasting life, eternal life, or the praise of men. But God said it, that which is highly esteemed by men is abomination unto him. Some of us may do something because, wow, they say, what a nice man. But actually, inwardly, we know we are not nice. You know, many of us, we present, uh, I mean, outside, we just kind of want to show people we are nice. And then while we are nice, we bend. And sometimes we deceive ourselves. Something evil may be happening. You know what we do? I just say, uh, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I pretend I didn't see it, God will know. 
But God sees that you saw this thing. And you tolerated it and it's still going on. Please, whatever you do, do it unto him. From now on, your husband, wife, whatever it is, do it unto him. Man cannot save you. It's only God who can do it. And that's only one to please. If actually your husband or wife or your children are going in the same frequency you are going, they will appreciate you for that. Have you considered one thing? When you are truthful, even, <laughs> even when you are among the people, the community or club or work, when they need the truth, they come to you. But when it is something that is false, they will, not come to you. They will stay away from you. That is a plus for you. You should be able to say, thank you, Lord, that you have separated me this way. Keep reading. We are finished. Oh, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done, and there is no respect of persons. There is no respect of persons. So I pray to God that the Lord has answered all this for us. But actually, to be ready all the time and always is the only way to go. He's giving us understanding what readiness is all about. And he told us that if you're not, then he will not be able to. So my prayer is that the Lord will give us the spirit to walk always the life that's pleasing to him. Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ lived. He lived a life that was always pleasing the Father. Let me Sorry, John 8, 29, please. John 8, 29. Yes. And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. I do always, not once in a while. I do always those things that please him. And that's only where God will be able to trust you, that actually he will be able to do what he has sent you to do. Remember we talked about Abraham, where he said, Abraham, I, I knew Abraham. Abraham indeed will do, because always Abraham did what God asked him to do. Father who is in heaven, the true and only living God. Lord, we appreciate you, Lord, and we thank you for your children, even online, that are so motivated to ask questions. Thank you, Lord, that you are touching them. That just about all of them, Lord, they believe that you are the one talking to them, not man. Heavenly Father, nobody can rewrite your word but only you. You are one, Lord. And Lord, you swore that you would not change your word because you and your word are one. You change not. We thank you this very evening, Lord, as I present my brethren and all those online, Lord, that, Father, you continue day and night minister unto them and draw them closer and open the eyes of their understanding that, Lord, they will never be deceived by man anymore. Heavenly Father, take all glory. We bless you now and forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org.
Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.